At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Journey Beyond Divorce with Karen McMahon on Divorce Source Radio. I'm Steve Peck. Throughout the series, we'll be walking you through Journey Beyond Divorce's 12-step divorce recovery program. Karen, how are you today? I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Thanks for asking. You have a special guest you're bringing on today for the first show. Yes, I'd like everyone to meet Lisa Brick. She is um, my business partner. Lisa and I have been working together for a couple of years now. And uh, Lisa brings so much to the table, as you'll see in this conversation. She's got years of experience um, in uh, as an acupuncturist and health and wellness, as well as a tremendous amount of uh, background and work in really taking a look at what's going on in her life and um, addressing it in a way and viewing it in a way that she can make the most out of every situation, difficult and otherwise. And so Lisa also brings um, to the table a very successful and beautiful 30-year marriage, which um, gives her the ability to talk to us about communication and healthy relationships. And so I'm so excited to have you on the call with us today, Lise. Thanks, and hello, everyone. Hi, Lisa, and I want our listeners to know before we get started with the 12-step divorce recovery program that if you'd like to contact these ladies and all of the partners of Karen McMahon, you can reach them at their website, which is journeybeyonddivorce.com. So let's get to it, Karen. Let's talk about step one. Thanks, Steve. Um, One of the things I just want to say to all of our listeners before we begin is this show and the 12 steps is not correlated to where you are in the divorce process, in the legal process. It's really about where you are emotionally. And so whether you're in the early um, stages, in the middle of your divorce, or even post-divorce, if you're struggling emotionally, it's such an incredibly difficult transition. The steps that we offer will help you to get your head above water and to become really clear and be able to move forward. And so I just want to encourage you to um, to listen to all of the shows and to know that no matter where you are in the process, you're in the right place um, tuning in with us today. Uh, and having said that, where we start off, step one is is really foundational. It's about awareness, which uh, is very simple in concept and much more complex in practice. And what we're going to talk to you about today, what Lisa and I will be discussing is where you bringing your 
attention and intention to a conscious level to really begin to look at how you look at your world and your circumstances and becoming really clear on what you desire so that you can move yourself uh, in a positive direction. Today's program is called Drowning from Divorce, the two most effective strategies to get your head above water. And awareness um, is really about beginning to see that there isn't just your perspective, there are multiple truths, um, not just one. And to really use use your thought process and, and take control of it instead of having your thought process use you. Right, Lise? Absolutely. And awareness and mindfulness are two terms that can be somewhat interchangeable. But ultimately, what we're looking for is for you to begin to create some distance between the thinker and your thoughts. Because without that distance, when you think a thought, you're down the road believing it hook, line, and sinker. And you're living as if that thought is completely the truth without any space in there to begin to look at the thought and say, to yourself, how accurate is my thinking on this? Are there other other aspects of the situation that I've forgotten about or I've blocked or I'm not considered that would be wise for me to open up to before I take any action or open my mouth to say something? You know, and just to, to bring that um, right home, if you're listening right now, you might be thinking about your your marriage and feeling regret or guilt or shame because of the way you're looking at it. You may be um, in the middle of a, of a legal situation and thinking about um, how your soon-to-be ex is going to take your kids away or take you for all the money. And that's a perspective that you're focusing on. You may be looking at the future and feeling incredible fear and uncertainty and anxiety about your finances or your parenting or or your job security. And and so what Lisa's talking about, what we're what we're saying to you here today is to actually step back from those stories that we that we almost sleepwalk into and begin to notice, and it's all about noticing, it's that simple, begin to notice the way that you're looking at these things because everything I just described, it pulls you under, the whole, it, it makes you drown, it, it sucks you down, and there's a much different and more effective way of going through the process. Just yesterday, I was speaking with a client, and they had been hit with something new by the court from their spouse, and they were saying to me, I'm broke. I have no money. I have no resources. And my response to them is, that's a frightening thought. Is it true? Do you actually have no resources? And they stopped for a moment, and they said, well, I have 800000 in the bank, but And when they said, but, I said, well, well, wait, 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 hold on a sec. You know, on one hand, you're saying you're completely broke. And on the other hand, you're saying, I have 800000 in the bank, 
those two statements are contradictory. And they just woke up, well, that's true. I'm not broke. And I felt their entire energy just relax because they were able to step out of their story because for now, I'm the one saying, is that true that you're completely broke? But part of mindfulness is creating the awareness to begin asking yourself that question. Is the thought I'm telling myself actually accurate in reality? But Lisa, what if it is? Then there's a different strategy. Then we begin to look at where are your other resources. When we're working in reality, we're on solid ground. It may not be the ground we want to be on, but it's solid. And it's figuring out where's solid ground. Because I don't know about you, Steve, if you've ever tried to leap out of a mushy surface, you can't get very far. It's even difficult to take a step and you're out of balance. But when you know where you're actually at in reality, you actually can take powerful steps and you can jump from that place to another place because of your solid footing. So I thank you for bringing that up because knowing the difference and beginning to look at our thoughts to say, is what I'm saying actually true? And if so, then what versus is what I'm saying actually true? And when we can say, excuse me, no, it isn't, then we can get to that solid ground. Okay, what is true? Let's start from there. Does that make sense, yeah, Steve? Absolutely. And I just want to jump in on that because even when, um, especially around finances, when your financial concerns or your financial um, uh availability is is slim a lot of people what typically happens is they come up with the fear brings you to the worst case scenario squared so even the person who um, doesn't have a lot of financial resources might believe i'm going to be in the street homeless with my kids and and we we use the exact same strategy and it's the same thing it's noticing how true is that okay well i wouldn't be in the street i could go to my mom's I could and all of a sudden they start seeing that the worst case isn't true and so with all of this what happens is our thoughts so often take us to a very dark and dangerous neighborhood during a time where life is difficult to begin with and one of our points is that when we're suffering when we're struggling so it's a red flag that our thoughts may not be serving us and it doesn't mean that we're not saying for a moment that divorce isn't incredibly difficult. It's a very difficult transition. It's painful. When we add to that because of the way we look at things and make it excruciating, that's where we have power. And that's where we want our listeners to walk away noticing what they can start doing differently in terms of their attention. In many cases, our thoughts are more toxic than the situation. And what I mean by that is when we're not examining thoughts and we're living, our physiological response to our thoughts is it's over. 
my life's over. I'm going to be living in poverty. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. I'm going to get older. No one will be there for me. You've put your physiological state in basically fight or flight mode, except you can't get away from your own thoughts. So the anxiety that you produce not only is flooding your system with cortisol, not only interacting with your gut lining in a very inharmonious way and keeping you up at night, but it actually prevents the creative logical part of your mind or the prefrontal cortex the brain behind your forehead it prevents it from functioning effectively and so not only are you living in a travesty that doesn't exist in the moment but you've turned off your ability to think clearly I tend to, when I talk about that, Lise, I uh, I usually share it as an emotional fog. And the more upset we get, the more anxious we get, the more fearful or angry or any of those really depleting emotions, we can't see clearly. It's like we're all of a sudden we're in a fog. And so there's no clarity. And again, at a time in your life when you really want to be as crystal clear and as calm as possible so that you can make these very big decisions, you have the ability to clear the fog by beginning to notice the way you look at things. And you know, I, I what I would love, least we have that parable that really talks about perspective, because I'm sure that some people are listening and saying, there is no other perspective. This is what's going on. This is how it is. And so I would love for you to share that parable and maybe give, give us that as a, a, another launching point. Great. I'd love to. I really appreciate this parable. It's an ancient Hindu parable about an elephant and three blind men. And it's a small village in rural India, and the blind men in the village have never had an elephant come to the village before. And they hear an elephant's coming, and they're very excited, and they go to the center of the village, and they're led to the elephant. And the first blind man grasps the elephant's leg, and he yells out, it's like a tree. An elephant's like the trunk of a tree. And the second blind man, he grasps the tail of the elephant and he says no it's a rope it's it's just like a rope and the third blind man grabs on to the elephant's trunk and is saying i don't know what you're talking about it's it's a snake it's like a giant snake and they begin arguing with each other to the point where they find each other by voice and they're tussling in the dirt. And the villagers have to come and separate them while they're screaming at each other, no, it's a tree trunk, no, it's a, it's a snake, no, it's a rope. And they're blind to the fact that they've each grabbed on to a different aspect of what actually exists called elephant. And that's how we often are in our perspectives, that we think the, the small part of reality that we've grasped is the totality. And from another perspective, somebody's grasped a different aspect of the reality, and then the people fight over it, rather than saying, tell me how it is 
a rope for you. What are you feeling? It doesn't sound like what I'm feeling. You know, Lisa, I just want to bring that to something very specific and real that people could uh, understand. I have a client who um, decided to get divorced. He knew for a while that he uh, wanted to leave and it was an amicable divorce. He wanted to be, you know, completely fair, even generous um, and give his wife the time to kind of get her footing once he told her. And a couple of weeks into it, he called and he said, she's being so manipulative. And he was ready to get into this adversarial fighting situation. And from his perspective, it made sense that she was being really uh, manipulative. She was calling him. She was, she was begging him she was telling him all the good reasons and how he was just going through a midlife crisis and all of this and so it made sense from his perspective and when I was able to listen to him and you know really say I hear what you're saying can we look at it a different way and we began to look at what the grieving process looks like and where she might be in it right because you know there's there's the denial and there's the depression and there's the bargaining and it made so much sense that she was in that space and he was being triggered because he tended to be a big caregiver and so he felt this whole almost slippery slope that he could step into. And when we were able to have that conversation and look at something else that was going on besides his initial perspective, everything shifted. He was able to give her as much time and grace. He was able to take care of himself and keep the focus on his um, his caregiving tendency. And it made all the difference in the world. And that's really what we're talking about. What you're experiencing is real. It's just there are many different perspectives. And so often the one we're latching onto and perhaps even fixated on as we go through divorce is often not the one that's serving us the best. And when we are discovering what can serve us the best, Karen, you mentioned it earlier, suffering becomes a tool we can use. Because when we begin to recognize that, oh, I'm suffering, and then say, what am I thinking? What perspective am I looking at my situation from? And is it real? And if it is real, what other ways can I look at it that actually help me see a way from here to my next step, whatever that next step is. So for all of our listeners today, if you find yourself suffering, that's the time to, to create that separation between you as the thinker and the thoughts that are running through your mind. Slow them down and begin to look, what am I thinking that's leading to this suffering? Is it even true? And what other ways can I look at my situation? What other options are there? And one of the most wonderful outcomes of this practice of noticing is during a time where you may feel that your life is so out of control and you're so um, powerless or hopeless or helpless, this practice empowers you to 
take control of something that is completely and totally within your control and that by doing so can have such a huge impact on how you behave in every situation that you're faced with. And so it's incredibly empowering. And I want to say that it's the concept simple, it's awareness, it's mindfulness, it's noticing, whatever word works for you, that's what it is. It's a it's it's a process um, and it is not easy. And yet the more you do it, the more empowered you feel uh, as you begin to see your your situation changing. And I found in my own life, the more I practice mindfulness, the quicker I could detach and observe the thoughts that I was engaged with and begin to choose which thoughts I was going to follow and what thoughts I wanted to tweak or change or throw out completely so I could have the life I wanted to be living. You know, and I just, I want to throw in a perfect, uh, a personal example here too. I was just thinking about this. Um, So I have a 19 year old son and um, he has a little bit of a potty mouth and whatever, one day he was angry and he was kind of venting and, and he was cursing. And I went into this whole story about you're being so disrespectful and you don't respect me at all. And this whole thing. And I, I remember watching his face go from angry to like almost shocked. And he was like, what are you talking about? I respect you more than anyone else. I come to you for advice. I respect your wisdom. How could you even say that? And in that moment, I realized my perspective was totally hardwired into my trigger, my disrespect button. And once we started talking, it made sense that he was just 19 venting and what have you. And it was really, it was such a learning point for me to notice how, because of my insecurity or my trigger, I was seeing something that actually wasn't at all what I thought it was. And 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 that's that's the beauty of this, is beginning to stop yourself and going, wow, okay, that was one way to look at it. Um, but but it wasn't real. And how valuable was that way of looking at it to you? To me or to him or to mm-hmm. our relationship, it mm-hmm. actually was, um, it was counterproductive. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a time my son is now 27, but when he was a teenager, I was out of the house working and I'd come home and there'd be times when there were dishes that he used that were in the sink. And I found myself one day just completely enraged. And I was in the story of he never does the dishes. And as I'm ranting and raving in my own head, a thought came to me. Cause, and the thought was, well, if he did his own dishes, you'd never know it. Because there wouldn't be dishes for you to see. So you might only be seeing you know, 10% of the time when he actually doesn't do the dishes he makes. (laughs) And before that, that thought never came to my mind. And I went into his room and I said, hey, I saw you didn't have time to do the dishes today. And I want to thank you for all the times that you do. Because I recognize that going at him with you never, you never, you never help, never do this, 
it is so disempowering for any time he does that I'm not aware of or I block out of my vision because I've stuck in this idea that he never helped. And the smile that crossed his his face <laughs> was so wonderful. And it, and so much of that was it was me. So I think what 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 we keep um, getting back to here is is how automatic that that reaction is. And it's not a response. It's a reaction. And so, you know, I love using the term sleepwalking. And throughout my own process of growth, um, I, I can look back and see how often I was sleepwalking through situations and circumstances. And what I mean is having knee-jerk reactions, reactions that weren't based in consciously stopping and and challenging the perspectives that I had. And when we do that, when we can begin to slow it down and question ourselves, how true is that? That's the sentence. Write it down. Ask yourself on a regular basis, whenever you're triggered, before you react to the person you're triggered by, how true is my perspective? What's another perspective that might be more beneficial for me? And you will absolutely find yourself getting your head above water and you won't feel like you're drowning and you'll be more clear and you'll feel more empowered. And so there's just so many benefits to this one practice of stepping back and noticing. And we'll be back with more of the show after this. We're there right when you need us the most. And we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things. One, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. So let's go over for a moment the steps in becoming mindful and the practice of mindfulness. We've talked about a separation between the thinker and the thoughts that come up in our minds or becoming conscious that you're actually having, you're entertaining certain thoughts that pop up automatically. The second is taking a look at where, how are these thoughts serving me? Uh, am I feeling empowered by this thought? Am I feeling like a victim by this thought? How do I want to be feeling from the thoughts I'm having? And the third is, is there another thought that is, is actually reality-based and that empowers me and helps me understand what action I can take to transform the situation and take it from one of suffering and conflict 
to one of effective and strategic action. Would you say those are the three steps, Kara? Absolutely. And the other thing that I think is really important is, you know, we live in a society where everything's very quick. It's like, you know, add hot water and stir. And it doesn't work that way with awareness. In fact, I would encourage, I encourage my clients to see uh, awareness and noticing as as a journey, um, not a destination. It's very slow and it will be very steady. And what I mean by that is if you listen to this podcast today and then you say, okay, this is great. I like this. I'm going to start noticing. I guarantee you the first time you're triggered, you'll begin to notice about 15 minutes after the whole argument's over. Um, And then the next time you'll you'll notice what's going on and what your perspective is on the tail end and then in the middle. And then before you know it, you'll start catching yourself early on in that interaction or early on in that thought process. And so it's slow and it's steady. And once you get there, it's so incredibly um, empowering and productive But keep in mind that it's a journey and it's going to take some time. And if you keep to it, if you keep that question in your head, how true is it? What's my part in this? What's another way of looking at it? You will absolutely transform that way that you interact in all of your all of your situations and especially the difficult situations. And Kara, when we were speaking about the concept of mindfulness and awareness the other day in preparation for today's call, you reminded me of a practice to mention. So there's a physical action that our listeners can take. And that is if either in the notes section of your phone or if if you're more comfortable with pen or pencil technology and paper, jot down when you're having, when you're feeling activated, when you're feeling very, very upset, and just say, what thoughts am I entertaining in my mind right now? And just just write them down. And at the end of the day, each day, you can take a look and say, these are thoughts that I regularly entertain. And when I entertain them in my brain, I feel that cloudiness and I am terrified and I am furious and begin to understand what it is you're telling yourself that's leading you to those emotions. The, the wonderful thing about that action step and that process, Lisa, is that um, when we're in it, I think Eckhart Tolle referred to it as the pain body, right? All of a sudden you go from zero to 100. You feel this like warmth almost like flow through your body as you get really angry. And that emotional fog totally blocks out any clear thinking. By writing it down and looking at that list at the end of the day, when you're not in the midst of the emotional reaction, you're going going to be clearer and you're going to begin to see different perspectives that that really do um, offer you uh, better paths to go forward. And we've spoken about the term reaction. Well, I invite you to separate the re from the action part, because when we're involved in a reaction, reactions are practiced actions. You've been doing the same action 
in the same stimulus or a similar stimulus for years, if there's no space where you're going, wait a second, stop, let me analyze the situation that's unfolding in front of me and let me come up in this moment with a strategy of how to interact with it, then it's guaranteed that you're just repeating an old pattern. You're not in the moment. You're not looking at the situation in its totality. It has triggered something and you're pulling up an action from your brain that may, well, I can guarantee you, is not the most effective action you could be taking given the situation in that present moment. So every reaction is an old action. So, you know, I'd like to wrap up by just um, explaining explaining it this way. Um, awareness wakes us up to see beyond the world created out of our conditioning, our childhood beliefs, our interpretations, our assumptions, um, once we're awake, we begin to consciously participate in the shaping of our world. Awareness is actually an essential to unlock our ability to become masters um, in the unfolding of our lives. And so it's step one of 12. And, um, and next month, we're going to be covering step two, uh, which is locked in the pain, fear, and chaos of divorce. And we have an explosive practice that's going to liberate you. So uh, we really invite you to come back and listen again. You know, what I like about what you ladies do, and um, Karen, through your practice of Journey Beyond Divorce, is you do help us keep our emotions in check. Because anyone going through this process, boy, it can be very emotional. The system that is divorce has this tendency to ramp this up. And from what you said, uh, the skills that you gain from this as you go through divorce and you, you take a look at yourself and how you're reacting to the situation not only helps you through the divorce, but it's a life skill that helps you through the rest of your life when you have problems. Well, that's what's so incredible about this work is divorce is such a difficult transition. Once you go through this program, uh, you have such a robust um, toolbox, such an amazing set of skills that no matter what you're faced with, uh, you have what it takes to navigate it with as much clarity and peace as possible. Right. And, and lawyers aren't always so good at helping you work through these issues and anyone going through divorce who's brand new to this they they see the letters from the attorney the motions it seems weekly god i couldn't stand the to go to the the mailbox every day you know when you read the interrogatories and what someone's saying about you all of those emotions that you ladies were talking about they do come to the forefront and that's why it's so important i feel that our listeners reach out to Karen and her partners at Journey Beyond Divorce because you can talk to them and, and, and you help work yourself through this negative process, pull it back and just put things in perspective and at the end of the day feel so much better. You have hope. Absolutely. And, and ultimately, Steve, divorce, as painful as it is, is an immense opportunity for learning how to wake up to life in a new and amazingly liberating way. Mm -hmm. 
So it's really wonderful if we can take the pain of divorce and turn it into a gain in awareness and in freedom to begin constructing a life of your own design. You bet. Well, I look forward to step two. This is the 12-step divorce recovery program offered by Journey Beyond Divorce. And we've been speaking with Karen McMahon and Lisa Brick. And for our listeners that want to reach out, uh, you can visit their website at journeybeyonddivorce.com. I highly recommend you seek these ladies out to help you through this process of divorce. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Lisa. I look forward to step two on our next program, Journey Beyond Divorce. As do we, and and looking forward to hearing from some of our listeners. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. As always, I hope the program helped you. If you have a comment or question you'd like to ask us, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail on our listener line at area code 248-686-2256. Or drop us an email with your question or comment to divorcesourceradio at gmail.com. New programs are available every week on divorcesourceradio.com as well as iTunes, BlackBerry, Stitcher, and all over the web. If you'd like to be notified when new programs are available, you can follow us on Twitter. Our follow word is divorcesource. Also, if you're not listening from our website, I invite you to stop by DivorceSourceRadio.com where you'll find a complete program archive. If you're looking for a specific subject, simply type it into our search engine and chances are you'll find what you're looking for. We also have other resources available at our website as well. And while you're on our website, click on the Facebook icon and join the growing Divorce Source Radio Facebook community. Thanks for listening. Until next time, make it a great week and stay healthy. I'm Steve Peck. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.